Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning, gang. Good Hello. morning. How are we all doing today? All right? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit frazzled. A bit frazzled. That, it was a I'm busy right. day yesterday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was we, a busy day. Especially for you. You, all, you had to do all the things we did, and then you had to stream. Yeah. 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 It was but full on. Lots of content. Mm. Lots of content, exactly. And that's all that matters in life, isn't it? Content. Yeah. Just content. Are you really living if you're not creating content? Yeah, that's what they say. Mm. That's what they the billionaires. Yeah. How was your stream? Were you a bit sort of hysterical and sort of I out was, of it? Or? I was fine, but the game um, really didn't want uh, to. Second wind help is what happens out. after you eat cheese, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. Third wind. We've had first Four wind. Mm. What about second wind? And what was that beige um, box that you got? Um, oh God, like that like the munchie box. box. Or the munchie box. Yeah. yeah. That would give anyone. That was incredible. Wind. Yeah, I've never seen anything and like it. Then I had it. a stomachache for like six months yeah. straight. Get to lie across the desk. <laughs> Get to see doctors. Yeah, <laughs> I did. It. It's all that's all true, actually. Yeah. In fact, good lord. Well, this isn't about my stomach. No, it's not. No, no it's this not. This is about video games. This is a video game podcast where we talk about video games. Each week we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. I have the ad read in front of me here. Would you like to hear it? What are you doing? One of my hairs was just on the paper and I couldn't grab it. It was just <laughs> mocking Moving me. The paper. <laughs> God. I thought something serious was happening. Uh, I've got the ad read. Okay. Are you ready for it? Right. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Here it comes. Th- this is the description with... We had the podcast running order about 10 minutes before we recorded. So this is, I, I sorry, this is a real sponsor. So I, this is irrelevant. Yeah, it's only just come through. That's right. what I'm trying to say. So this is the tagline for an advertising uh, campaign for a, a video game that's out this week. And it reads as follows. It's a bit loose. So you're going to have to bear with me. Okay. You want to have relations with a bear? Sucks for you. You can't do. I bet oh. you can't. So you shouldn't be allowed near it. Rubbish. You're rubbish. There's no way you could boff a bear. Nuh-uh. You're bad at boffing bears. And that was the tagline for Baldur's Gatekeeper 3, which is out ah. this week. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, are you guys going to get it? you going to have no. a boff a bear? you going to boff a bear? No. no. No? Probably not. No. I would actually okay. like to be the bear being boffed. Interesting. Yeah, I think that would be more fun. You play as a boffed bear. Yeah, I think that would be more fun. <laughs> bear boffs. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Baldur's Gatekeeper 3 is not real. However, you can boff a bear in Baldur's Gate 3, mm. the real the real Baldur's you Gate. You can. Yeah, That's so you out can today, I think. It is, yeah, out today at time of recording. It is. Mm. It was out on Friday. So you can go boff bears now if you want. You can mm. go boff a bear, but you can't. Sucks for you. Rubbish. Rubbish. Can't do it. Sucks for you. Stop gatekeeping the bear boffing. Stop Baldur's Gate keeping the, the bear yeah. boffing. Uh, no, we're not sponsored. 
by Boulder's Gatekeeper 3. We are, in fact, sponsored by our wonderful patrons. If you go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, support us there. You can submit questions to this podcast and there's loads of other bloody tears available as well. So maybe you should consider going over and checking that out. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, I'm lost now. There's a website that we've got as well, tripleju.mp, where you can find links to our YouTube, Twitch, Discord, and Cameo. We've got a shop, triplejumpshop.com. And of course, the Patreon again, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. There's a few things out this week, a few things happening this week, guys. Yeah, there is, right. there is. There was an After Dark Live this week uh, that was on our YouTube channel. But if you missed it, I'm afraid the only way you can get it is if you go to Patreon. And if you really enjoyed it, then hey, uh, there's like hey. 49 other episodes already on Patreon. And we yeah. do one per fortnight. Yeah. So you can carry on getting more and more of that if you mm -hmm. stick around on Patreon. So consider having a look at that and staying, staying with us. Yeah. If you enjoy it. Also, this week is the worst games ever week. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't write what game it was. Just testing you again. Uh, um, just trying to remember. I have, I've got, I've got the file. On my I know computer. what it's called. What's it called? It's called Fightbox. Uh, yes, Fightbox. Fightbox. That was it's it. Called Fightbox. Yeah. Uh, yes. Which, as we discovered, was actually a lost episode we recorded years ago that the footage corrupted and mm. we could never release it. Yeah. It, at Vidiots. Right. And then Peter brought it along and I was like, I recognize that name. Mm. And then when we started playing, I was like, yes, we played this. We tried to play this <laughs> I before. already knew the game when I brought it along, but I, I've i seen it as well as having played it. I think I've just seen videos of it as well. So I mm. couldn't tell if I, I knew it because we'd played it before. But as it turns out, yes. It's a lost episode. The lost mm. episode has oh. been found sort of in yeah. 2023. Uh, so if you're a patron, you could have watched that while you were boffing bears in Boulder's Gatekeeper 3 mm. on lastly, Friday. And lastly, there's one other thing that I, I would like to tell you about. Yeah. Uh, this week, we are doing a, a stream for our dearly beloved friend, mm. Philip J. Reed, who we lost a year ago. Mm. Um, and we are getting some charity donations for the Trevor Project. So if you would like to donate... TripleJU.mp uh, forward slash charity. Yes, there the we go. You can still do that. The campaign is still open from last year. Those people have been very, very generous and we feel very blessed that people um, liked to support Philip as much as we loved him. Mm -hmm. So Thanks for coming along. Yes. Yes. Assuming that people did, which I'm sure they did. <laughs> yes. We've not yeah. done it yet. You can watch recording. the VOD on the VODs channel now. That's uh, youtube.com forward slash triple jump VOD. Team triple jump VODs, is it? I can't remember what the URL is. Uh, it's on our website. Triple jump VODs. Triple jump VODs. Yeah, you'll, you'll find it. You'll find it. Um, so yeah, go check that out. And uh, triple ju.mp forward slash charity if you'd like to donate and continue giving to that uh, that what's it called campaign Cam campaign course, yeah, the fundraiser yeah. that we started last year we're, we're continuing that this week and we played some uh, Resident Evil Code mm. Veronica which I don't believe any of us have played before yeah. and uh, Philip of course loved Resident Evil and he wrote a book about it mm. so that felt like a fitting game to play go mm. check out the VOD and give if you can thank you very much thank you uh, patrons have asked us some questions just like just like Rachel White who asks or says, Jedi Survivor is coming to last-gen consoles despite still running a bit like plops on PS5 and series. Uh, it makes me wonder if we're truly in the next gen or if games will continue to be on last-gen for the rest of time. Mm. When do you think the next gen will really start? <sighs> Thank you, Rachel. I mean, <laughs> Rachel. I, uh, I am astounded that um, Jedi Survivor is coming to previous-gen consoles because... Certainly for me and for some other people, but not everyone, it, it ran worse than badly on a PS5. If a PS5 can't run it, how is a PS4 going to run it? And if they're going to make it be able to run on a PS4 by doing some magic trickery, why don't they 
flipping do that before they brought it out. Just spat with rage. <laughs> I spat. You spat it. It's going to look it's like raging. Minecraft. That's how yeah. they're going to do it. It yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's my answer. Just me being angry. Mm. Um it does feel like it's hard. I always find this that whenever a new generation comes out, I sort of forget exactly how the old one went in terms of like its launch or its like middle middle period or its end. Well, I probably still remember the end of each previous uh, generation, but I don't remember necessarily for how long there was like a lot of cross gen going on with like the with other generation launches, and I think that's partly because. Um, I have always been fortunate to uh, be able to go into the the new gen pretty much as soon as it as soon as it begins, and therefore I'm not necessarily following what is coming out on the generation I've left behind. You know, probably now that I'm in this job and have been for a generation and a half, I have been a bit more aware of that. But certainly, it's difficult for me to go back to past experience and think. What was it like when, you know, I got my Xbox 360? Like, how much stuff was coming out on Xbox at the same time? I don't really remember. I know certainly things like Disney games always come out on absolutely everything. And sports um, games. And sports yeah. games, yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, the big hitters, how much crossover was there? Probably not as much as we seem to be having now with this generation, it mm. feels like to me. Um, mm. Don't know about you guys. No, I agree. I think that if we're going to do, if we're going to continue to you know, go on cross-gen or cross... Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, then I would rather that games were made with the PS5 in mind and then scaled back for PS4 than mm. what we've seen in the last few years, which is made for PS4 and then scaled up for PS5. Um, probably, definitely because if it's made for PS4 and scaled up probably works fine but it means it's got a lot more limitations than if it was made for ps5 and scaled back down to ps4 like jedi survivor i do not know how they're going to scale this down to ps4 there's yeah. an area oh my god my jaw Ooh, yeah i heard Jesus. that you okay Sorry, everyone yeah Punch. um me. Uh, there's an area on kobo well basically the entire of kobo where i just think there's absolutely no way that, that is going to run on a ps4 mm. i know that like we've seen what has run on ps4 before like things like I don't know, Horizon Zero Dawn was a pretty big map and had a lot going on. However, this game is is intense on the PS5, like mm. you say, and it ran like ass on a PC. So I can't imagine how it's going to run on a PS4, mm. which I think is my main concern about cross-gen is that if we're making games for PS5 and making them for PS4, is are the people who are playing it on PS4 going to be able to get as good of an experience of these games, obviously, aside from Peter, who had an absolutely terrible experience with yeah. Jedi Survivor. Um, are they going to be able to get a good experience with, with these PS5 games? Or are the PS4 version of these games going to be running like trash and they're going to spend money on these games? And then despite having not been able to play them because they weren't available to them, now not being able to play them, but having spent money on it because the game just doesn't run, which is my biggest concern with the, the cross-gen kind of like backwards compatibility stuff is just that I'm worried people will spend money on it and then it won't work. Feels like everyone's a loser really because you end up with a PS5 game or you know Xbox equivalent um, that maybe 
uh, hasn't gone, you know, it's not using the full potential of the console because they're in the back of their mind, they're like, oh, we might want this to also be able to run on previous. Mm -hmm. So they like maybe don't go the the extra mile. Um, and then you have the PS4 generation uh, where it, it either has been massively scaled down so that it will run and therefore you may be not having mm. as good an experience and they might have even removed a bit of content or they've not scaled it down and it runs like crap. So mm. basically everyone is having a lesser experience than potentially what, what could have happened for them. Mm. Andrew Wilson, the supervillain CEO of EA, uh, <laughs> when he was addressing this said, thanks to the strength of this legendary franchise and community demand, our development team has committed to bringing this Jedi experience to PS4 and Xbox One. But he's not said any date. No. I think he said something vaguely about over the next year, we're going to harness the community's passion to somehow make it run on PS4 Willpower. and Xbox One. We're yeah, going I'd, to add fog and I, make it 720p. <laughs> yeah, I do not know. I don't know. In this specific case, I'm not really sure how they're going to do it. I'm sure they can, hmm. but mm. there'll be, you'll have perhaps far less dense foliage and... Sorry. Goodness gracious. Sorry, that was on your lap and it managed to vibrate the table. How did that even happen? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know how they're they're going to pull this one off. It, I think it it feels different this time around because it's sort of a double-edged sword because we've got backwards compatibility, specifically on the PlayStation side between PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, where there was no backwards compatibility between PS4 and PS3. Mm -hmm. And if, if this is the trade-off where, yeah, you can play all of your PS4 games, but that architecture, architectural decision of the console means that it's easier for games to go back down the other way as well, then maybe that's probably a trade-off that's worth having because mm -hmm. I'd rather be able to play PS4 games on my PS5 than not and then mm -hmm. have the two consoles be, you know, have a completely different build for the PS4, which it is obviously different. We're not game developers. We don't really know how much extra work went in to make the PS5 version of God of War, for example, significantly different to the PS4 version. And I'm sure there was a difference. I have used my account on a PS4 and a PS5 to play games where a lot of times now when you when you buy games, you'll get the PS4 version with them. And so if I want to play co-op, that's a cheeky way of being able to do it without buying a second copy. It's mm -hmm. just signing in on both. And yes, it looks slightly worse but it's the load times that mm. are the real that's the real difference maker we're in a period where the similarities between generations are seemingly getting smaller and smaller it's about how well these things are meant to run and a lot of times and as, as is the case with um with jedi survivor they they don't really run yeah. that well anyway uh and that's a big problem but it's all about money and there's it's Star Wars is massive and they've left so much money on the table by not making it available on last gen. It it it's almost it feels more like a sort of selfish thing to be upset that yeah. well I've paid money for this PS5 and I paid money for this game and you're telling me that I could have just played it on my PS4 and it's like well yeah that's true but it would have been a, presumably a worse experience across the board. And also you wouldn't get access to the games that are exclusively out on the on the current gen. Mm. And there are a number of them. And they're not necessarily pushing the current gen to their limits, not even close. It's just that was a decision made by the developer or the publisher that like, okay, well, we've got a certain budget perhaps. Let's just release it on 
the the current gen and let's not bother with the last gen. Mm. Um, so I I understand from a business perspective why they're why they're doing it. In terms of when the next gen will really start, I don't know. Perhaps that terminology doesn't really apply yeah. anymore. Maybe mm. that maybe that just doesn't make sense anymore in the industry that that we are in and the place that that industry is in currently. Uh, it's just these games are going to come out on one and then maybe go back or they're going to come out on both and that's just going to be the case. We're three years in now. Yeah. And this is still... Ha- and that feels like a lot longer than it did for the last gen with the with the FIFAs and so on and so forth and the Call of Duties and, you know, and that was, as I said, a, a different a different time and a different architecture on, on both of those consoles. It does feel like there is more of a... a- a difference in Xbox than PlayStation in the sense of there's a lot more games that are going for Xbox series and then not Xbox one. Whereas there are not as many that I think are just for PS five and not for PS four. There's definitely, I've noticed when I was doing like the forecast, there's a lot more often that I was saying PlayStation four than I was saying Xbox one. Mm. But in that regard, there is also the Xbox X slash S divide in yes. that the X, but is yeah. it the S that's the, the slightly S less is, powerful mm-hmm. one? Yeah, the S is significantly less powerful. And that is, we're hearing more and more, aren't we, yeah. about developers who are struggling because Microsoft's policy is that, hey, we're selling the S on, on mm. like an affordability get into the next gen cheaply, but yeah. it, it is, so the games have to run on both, but it's causing issues. This is, this is I think, where the divide li- like lies with that as well, is that the PS4, in my mind, is like the same as the S because a lot of these like uh, developers, like you say, are having to scale things back for the yeah. S and these games are coming out on X slash S and then not one mm. because they're having to develop for the S, which is a lower. It's basically a, I mean, it's not quite obviously, but it, it feels more like a PS4 Pro because it does yeah, 4K. Yeah, no, that's yeah. why I agree. But it's just, it's just not as powerful. And I love my Series S because it does what I want it to do, which mm-hmm. is let me play the Xbox exclusives, but it is causing problems for developers. Mm. Yeah. Um, All I can say is um, I would like to play the PS4 build of Jedi Survivor on my PS5, and then it might actually run properly. <laughs> Maybe. Potentially. Maybe. Wasn't there some weird stuff that people were doing with Cyberpunk at the time? There was like, uh, or it was running really well on one platform versus the Stadia build was really good, for example. Yeah. Um, And people were subscribing to Stadia to play Cyberpunk, Mm. which is fun. Yeah. I don't think there is a current gen. What does it even mean? I'm not sure. I I, I don't feel like I've been let down for buying a a current gen system. No. No. But it, it is somewhat selfishly annoying when you see a game coming out that's like this is gonna like run amazing and look cool on your current gen system and then like oh by the way we're releasing it for the last gen as well so Mm. but i feel less upset when it's released for the ps5 and then like also let it run the ps4 yeah yeah Mm. but again that's a selfish thing because i know that a lot of people still have ps4s Mm -hmm. and that's obviously we're not saying that you don't deserve games but it is just something that it's like if we're, if we're actively making games for the newer generation, where do we draw the line of like how they have to be scaled back and stuff? Yeah. 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 Well, it's time for a section we've never done before. No, it's brand new. Mm. Uh, and it's really exciting because I, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. Oh, <gasps> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you guys have done. Anyway, uh, here's what we're talking about. It's just talking about what we're calling. What are we playing? Oh. oh. You didn't see anything? Done. Nothing there. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games, what we have been playing. Peter, yeah, what have you been playing? Well, I've been away for like five days. Um, got back late on 
Tuesday night. Wait, no, what? Yeah, yeah Tuesday night. Yesterday, uh, Ben and I recorded our other podcast. However, despite all that, I have had time for two sessions of Crash Bandicoot 4. And I've had a really good time with it. I think I might be enjoying it as much as I enjoyed it the first time round. Mm. Um, I'm definitely enjoying it more than uh, kind of the the tail end of when I first played it. Or I don't know if I maybe sort of played it twice back to back the first time. But I remember like leaving it. Not It didn't leave me with like a, a bad taste in the mouth. But like it was like, okay, I'm very much happy to put that down and not play that again for a very long time. Because it does get really, really difficult at the end. And at the moment... Admittedly, I've not reached the really, really difficult bits yet, but I'm having a great time. And I think I'm doing a lot better than I did um, on my previous runs. I'm just like finding more boxes and gems just naturally along the way rather than having to like backtrack and replay levels and stuff. Playing all the ends, the, the, what they call the inverted levels where there's like weird filters and the map is mirrored and having a really good time. But that, I think, is all I've played because, yeah, I was I was out of time, out of town for like five days. Um but that's it. So that's me. Ashton, what have you been playing? I've been playing some more Pikmin 4. I'm really enjoying that game. Um, I think it's nice and makes my brain turn off. I don't really have to think that hard. Um, I do get sad when I lose my Pikmin, but only the ones where I have to actively go and find them rather than the ones I can just get out of flowers. I was going to say, the last week you, you were very callous. Well, yeah, well, there's the red ones, the yellow ones, and the blue ones. Mm. They, you can just, like, respawn with, like, flowers and stuff that are around. But there's other ones. There's, like, a rock one and, um, like, a fat one and a flying one. And those ones you can only find in, like, caves and stuff. So if you you run out of them, you got to go and find more by doing other caves, which is kind of annoying. So when they die, I'm like, oh, those guys. (laughs) Get back here. Um, (laughs) So I've played... I'm surprised that's how I'm... You know, like that you're almost just annoyed rather than kind yeah, of crying. Yeah, I have to keep rewinding time because uh, I'm like, these guys cannot die. They you die, I sad. have to go find you just them. just get frustrated? No. Okay. That's I mainly don't get sad because every time they die, a pop-up comes on screen where one of the people who are like sending me out on this mission are like, oh, the pigmen have died. And I'm like, I know, I know they've died. I was there. What are you doing sitting in your spaceship? You're not even helping. And they're just sat there like, oh, those but those are screams of pigmen. And I'm like, yes, they were. <laughs> Shut up. Leave me alone. Colin. Colin. Um, bloody Colin. Yeah. And then I also played at the weekend, had some more of my friends round, and we played some Mario Kart, which was fun. And then we played Everybody One Two Switch, which um, was the probably the most people we had playing it, and we played it on our phones. That game is bad. It's that game really is rubbish, so it's a shame rubbish. Because, oh, my only experience of it so far is just seeing the trailer or seeing mm. some like promotional stuff. And I'm like, that seems like a fun concept, you know, going around like taking a picture of stuff in the house or like, I don't but know But that's what the only if you are. get that mini game. Right, There's yeah. like maybe I think two mini games that are like, fun and then there's a bunch where you're just holding your phone and you're just going up and down right there's one that's called squats that obviously they're encouraged they like want you to squat but we were all playing sat down and they were like if you're sat down just move your arms up and down and i'm like brilliant and then there was one that was like what's the time mr wolf um, oh yeah. my god yeah um, that went on for eight every time eight. you got spotted you had to go back to the start and it was yeah. all of these games needed, just went on for so long you needed three people to get to like on your team to get to the boy and he'd be like I don't know what he was saying he was like I'm gonna look now and then he'd turn around and he'd be like now and it's just kid and they're like this big 
still image of a child in a bloody windmill hat turning his head and just facing you in the in the like TV. We were all like, uh. turn around, <laughs> turn around, child. And we were just, we, yeah, we were sick of that guy. And then the other one, we did like the alien one again, mm, alien which one we've done bad, before. Yeah. And then um, we did bingo. Yeah, you just have bingo. They just have bingo. Okay. Uh, but yeah. but it's that's rubbish, rubbish in the sense of like there's a wheel and you can just stop it and like stop the wheel and that's the whenever number. and then it's the number oh. and then randomly it'll be like a super spin and then there'll be three numbers but they're in like just one to a hundred in the wheel so it'll be like twenty six twenty seven twenty eight rather than it being like randomly oh you know so strange that's weird yeah I mean it's just rubbish mm. it's just not good beyond the fact the games are bad the execution is is naff as well like mm. the, the menus aren't very clear and the the tutorial and the practice bit goes on forever mm -hmm. it takes it takes a really long time to even get into the game and then some of the games just get dragged on and on and mm. on uh yeah it was it was bad and you can't um you can't write the word penis Oh. <laughs> just yeah, you can put like little type things in and have them float across the screen. It just yeah. senses everything. It's yeah. no fun. No yeah. fun at all. Um, and the last thing I've played, I played on stream yesterday, uh, was Payday 3. We were invited to the closed beta. Beta. Uh, beta, sorry. Um, beta Austin. Hey, you say what you beta like. Austin. Um, and that um, was interesting. Oh, I played okay. for an hour and 15 minutes. And in that hour and 15 minutes... I managed to play two games uh, and the games lasted about 10 minutes, Ooh, maybe. Okay. The rest of time was spent just trying to get into a game. I had to close and open, the, and a, right, it's a closed beta and it was just for like to stress test the servers. They were like, please don't judge us on the game. It's not finished yet. The game was fine. When I was in the game, that was fine. It's more payday. It's the same thing that we've seen before. There was nothing really like felt particularly new and exciting about it. There was weapons, but you were only allowed the machine gun and the pistol. You weren't allowed anything else because everything else you had to level up to get, but you can't level up in the beta. Right. So um, so I couldn't get them. So I couldn't even try out a shotgun or a different kind of weapon. So everyone's running around with the same weapons. Um, I don't know if it's a payday thing, that these are the same four characters in all of Payday because I've not played all the games. But um, it would have been nice to have a lady. I'd mm. like to rob the bank as a lady, if that's all right. Payday 3. Um, but you can't. There's just four men. Oh. English man who swears a lot. Okay. Uh, and then just three other generic men uh, okay. with their own weird personalities. Right. Um but I just could not get into a game. The amount of times I tried to matchmake and it just didn't do anything. And then every time you clicked into the heist, it would have this woman in your ear telling you about what the heist is. So I, at one point, the game like booted me out to the main menu and I could still hear this woman saying, we got to get you back in the saddle. This bank's got an unusual amount of money. And she would not stop saying that <laughs> over and over and over again. I was trying to get in a party with my friend and that wasn't working. I was like having to go down all of these different routes to try. I was like, we're in a party. And he's like, we're not in a party. I can't see we're not in a party on my end. I start a game. He's not there, even though he's in my party. 
And then he tries to join on me to get into the game and our games crash. Um, so basically the entire time was just menu simulator and the menu's got the most intense music I've ever heard in my <laughs> whole life. So I'm just there listening to the woman shout at me about how we've got to get you back in the saddle. This begs a new, new high amount of money. And then just, and I was like, Jesus Christ, please. Um, oh dear. but the bit I played, we were with strangers and like, they maybe knew what they were doing. I think two of the people we were with at one point, they had no idea what they were doing either. Um, and we were just kind of running around. We couldn't get really stealthily into the bank. We got caught both times. Um, and then obviously just start shooting. And then it just turns into like a wave shooter. Like you just, you try and rob the bank. You have to take the bollards down, put the money in the van and then just waves and waves of police officers come at you. Some of them are ninjas. Some of them have a taser. At one point, a guy was tasering me for a full minute, like just constantly tasering oh, me. Mm -hmm. Then he knocked me out. Then someone got me up and I was stuck on the spot. I couldn't move for like another minute and then it worked again randomly. But yeah, I mean, look, I know it's a beta and I know that I'm like not, I'm not judging it on how it is at the moment, but it didn't entice me to want to play more. So... Well, especially given that if, if you only played for an hour and a quarter, yeah. did you just give up on it after well, exactly. 45 minutes? Well, eventually we were on stream, so I was like, let's just play something else. Right. Because mm -hmm. there's only one heist available in yeah. the anyway. So once you kind of played it once or twice, you kind of, it's the same thing. Yeah. I was confused as to why the Twitch thing was set to Minecraft. Yeah, well, then maybe just played Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For like, nice. for like half an hour, we just played some Minecraft. Yeah. But mm. yeah, it was weird. Uh, such a shame. Yeah, I think that it would have been nice to be able to kind of like test a few of the other weapons and stuff. But if it was just a stress test, I think I stressed it out mm -hmm. um, big time. So Sounds like you did. Yeah. Well done. That's what I played this week. Uh, I played a few things this week. I played some more Diablo 4. I played a little bit more Loco Roco. I finished off Oxenfree 2, and I ended up really enjoying that. I, I, I got completely the wrong end of the stick. The protagonist is not the person you play I as in the first game. I was going to say that last week, but I didn't right. want to... I, I thought maybe you would know, but I in my head, I was like, that's it's a different woman, I'm pretty sure. But looks, I was like, the okay. character just looks the same, but with different dyed hair. Yeah. Uh, like that for, so I just assumed it was an older person, an older version of the same character. I played the first game. Game, obviously and I didn't can I couldn't remember what the original character's name was and that should have been the first clue but even in like all the artwork and stuff I was like well that's a lady with a ponytail that's the same lady yeah <laughs> but no it's not she's just got the same ponytail but it's a different color and it's a different person entirely so I was playing most of this game like waiting for some big revelation until I realized, oh, it actually, it's, this is just a different person. Mm. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. I did a lot of um, backtracking all across the island and uh, got all the collectibles and stuff. And that was tedious. But they they don't stop talking ever. They're always talking, <laughs> which was also quite tedious while I was trying to hunt down these items as well. Uh, but I, I, I really liked it. And I was tempted to go for the platinum, but then I did not pay close enough attention to which trophies I actually needed to get. And it turns out that maybe it would need two or three more playthroughs. And I, I can't be can't be asked with that. Don't Sad. have enough time. Uh, but on the whole, thumbs up for Oxenfree 2. I liked it, really liked it. I just hope that uh, the next one they do is perhaps a little bit more lighthearted because I really enjoyed After Party. Uh, that was very, very funny, I thought. Uh, and they're a great studio. It's weird starting a game up though and seeing 
a, a Netflix production in front of a game oh, yeah. because mm. they bore the developers and that that was a bit odd. But uh, yeah, really liked it. And then the last thing I played, which I'll talk about momentarily, was The Expanse, a Telltale series. Mm. So it's time to go over to Review Corner for that. Mm. Hello. Hiya. We're in Review Corner now. Isn't it nice and cosy over here? It's lovely. It's better than that rubbish podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Stinky podcast. Boo. Ben, you've been playing a game this week. I certainly have. I've been playing The Expanse, a Telltale series, Mm -hmm. which I was very excited for. But before I can talk about it, I need to say the thing. Oh, you've got to say the thing. This code was gifted by Bastion PR. Thank you very much to Bastion PR and, of course, uh, the wonderful folks at The Telltales. Mm -hmm. And per ASA guidelines, therefore, this little section is classified as an ad. However, there was no financial compensation for coverage. We were purely given a code to cover it. So here we go. The Expanse. Have you seen it, Ashton, as a television show? I have not. Neither have I. So this TV show, it's a sci-fi show. Mm -hmm. It ran between 2016 and 2022 for six seasons. It's been praised for its political intrigue Mm -hmm. and its visual approach to sort of the sci-fi genre. I think it's won some awards as well, but I've never seen it. I've never heard anyone talk about it ever. Well, I'll talk about that more in a minute because I do think it's a peculiar choice Mm -hmm. for a sort of first swing with Telltale coming back to life to make games for us. Now, I am a huge Telltale fan. I I think I've played almost all of their episodic adventure games apart from some of the later seasons of The Walking Dead, even the bad ones. I've played the Minecraft ones. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I'm the I'm the I'm the adult who's played those. Yes. Uh, and there's something that I find strangely compelling and well it's not strangely compelling. I find it I find it a very satisfying and enjoyable genre. Mm-hmm. And I understand how the games work, they make sense to me, and I like being put in charge of making decisions and shaping the path. Like, I, I, I've always enjoyed those. So yeah. I was very sad when Telltale died. You should also go and watch us ranking all of Telltale's games from worst to best, by the way, once you've finished listening to this. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited to hear that they were making a new one. Now, The Expanse, I've never watched it, but because I'm such a fan, I was sorry, I still want to play it yes. because I still want to, I can still enjoy it. It is a prequel. So it's yeah. not like you really need much knowledge going into it which is great uh the sort of setting is hundreds of years into the future and it follows a salvage crew looking to make one big score on the outer rim where it is full of pirates and danger so yeah, like every outer rim and every sci-fi precisely yeah it's full of scum and villainy etc mm-hmm. you play as kamina drummer who is voiced by her tv actor i think it's cara g is how you pronounce her last name maybe sure, g yeah now there are as you would expect a lot of archetypes for the characters in your crew that you mm-hmm. come across. There's the one who's like absurdly rude and aggressive and you get a choice to fight him immediately. And it's like, I'm not, for- that's bait. I'm not going for that. That's way too obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the abrasive one, the mysterious one who you don't know their backstory, right. the innocent one. So it's it all felt right off the bat it felt a little bit cliche like all these character types like i can tell every single who every single person is going to be the abrasive one is going to turn out to have a heart of gold if you just give them a chance yeah the aggressive one is going to try and screw you over any chance they get that seems or pretty obvious to me plot twist is going to save you at the end maybe if you're yeah. nice to them if you're nice if you're nice to them so that was that was something you begin by sort of wandering around your ship there's this big salvage score that the captain wants to send you out on. So mm-hmm. out you go. It's like this, uh, whatever the central government of space is, it's one of their ships mm-hmm. that you've seemingly got ahead of 
other scavengers. And you're like, okay, well, let's go on here because this has got to have good stuff. And you go on there, something bad's happened. A pirate's been on, and uh, it seems to have been a specific type of splinter pirate group. So there's a real focus in this particular Telltale game of you hovering around and flying around in zero G with pretty good controls, mm -hmm. slightly weird animations, to find salvage, catch up with your crew, make decisions, and there are seemingly quite a few optional things. So you will, I had a look at the trophy list because of course I did. Yes. And all the trophies for all the, all the chapters are available already, all the episodes. And a lot of them are found all the salvage in this mission, found all the right, okay. stuff in this mission. Yeah. And sometimes you can gift salvage you find. So the abrasive one likes cigars. I found some cigars. I radioed them and said, hey, I found something you like. And they were like, I'm abrasive. And my character said, oh hey, well, yeah, well, screw you, buddy. And then I couldn't give them the cigars. But there was, uh. a, there was a choice to give them the cigars and presumably, you know, you make them the like choice. you yeah. a bit more. Yeah. So there's, there's a nice focus on that. One thing I was a bit surprised at is that it's very short. It was maybe one and a half hour. It wasn't even one and a half hours, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was spending a lot of time reading notes and things, trying to work out what was going on in this world and stuff. And uh, I pressed the share button three times. I had a timer for half an hour each time. Mm. And uh, so it's not very long. And that's worth bearing in mind. And it does end on a big cliffhanger decision, which is presumably yeah. how they will structure these episodes, building up to like a, a big moment where you have to go, oh, vital things about to happen. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And then you do it. And then the, the episode ends. But it's not long to wait for the next episode. No, there is not. What, two, every two weeks they're putting it out? That's precisely right. Yeah. Every two weeks from the 27th of July, which is when the first episode came out, there will be a new episode. And as a fan of Telltale Games, Hey, if this is a way that they can get these episodes out reasonably quickly mm -hmm. and they don't burn out all of their staff and don't go bust, then I'll take shorter run times with perhaps a slightly more limited structure. Because I like yeah. these games enough that I will take something that's perhaps slightly less comprehensive than they used to make if it means that it's more sustainable. Yeah, I will always choose that. In terms of people coming back to Telltale Games, it is sort of what you'd expect. There's lots of... X will remember that mm -hmm. if you make certain decisions. You can also adjust the time of action prompts now. Right, so okay. previously, sometimes you'd like put the controller down because they're talking to each other and then, oh, T-Rex, you're dead. Yeah. Or, oh, no, they're dead. And that's it because you weren't paying enough attention and you didn't have much of a chance to respond. You can change the duration of those. You can set up alerts for when action sequences are coming. Mm -hmm. Some of the dialogue options now are timed still, but a lot of them aren't. So when someone asks a question or you're talking to someone, you don't have to like be focused up on holding the controller. It will just come up with the options to respond and no timer. And you can just leave it there until you're ready to go, which yes. I like personally, because yeah. I, I find find it a bit stressful sometimes playing a Telltale game because you really have to just be laser focused on what's happening. Otherwise, someone could die or get cross. It's in Unreal Engine now, so it's not on the creaky Telltale Engine they used to use. And for the most part, it looks good, mm -hmm. I would say. The Telltale stylization of the characters is definitely there, sort of the exaggerated features and so on. But they, while they are more emotive than they used to be, they do still look a little odd when they're pulling certain faces. They look right. a bit like YouTuber thumbnails uh, at times, you know, with they're just opening their mouths all the way. But that's sort of part of the charm, I suppose. Now, because I've not seen The Expanse, I don't know if Kara G's character in that show mumbles a lot 
But there was something when she's not talking to other characters and she's just sort of like doing voiceover of you, you know you're inspecting an item and she's talking to herself. Mm-hmm. She just sort of. Uh, 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 uh. Oh really? Like, That's a bit weird. That doesn't yeah. seem right. That feels almost like she's kind of half-assed it. A bit. I wonder if like because she's not necessarily a voice actor first, mm. maybe it's just uh, teething problems with getting into. Well, that, that, that was my thought, because otherwise she's great, and I'm sure she's a phenomenal actress, mm. but I, I was immediately taken taken aback by just how mumbly she was. Yeah. Like, she was sort of not really asked about what she was saying. But for the, you know, for the most part, it's, it's fine, I would say. Uh, again, as someone who's not seen the show, a lot of the characters are from the Rim, and they have Rim-specific slang that makes them sound a bit like weird babies. <laughs> Because it, they sound a bit like Gungans from from Star Wars, and again, Weird this is someone babies. this is someone who has not seen the show. Yeah. Uh, but there was a, and I may get used to it. But they were all just sort of like saying, you know, Mia, do this, and I was like, why are you? Just speak in English. What are you doing? <laughs> this is so weird. Uh, so I found that a little bit off-putting, but that's okay. I'm sure I'll get used to it. But yeah, as I said at the start, I think The Expanse is, is, a, is an interesting choice for a license. Mm. Perhaps it was quite an affordable one. Maybe. And maybe when they started, there was a lot more hype around the show. But I had never heard of The Expanse before it may they also announced be, this game. I mean, I don't really feel like you necessarily would put the two and two together. Like if you just saw a space game from Telltale, you might not even know that mm-hmm. it's based on a TV show unless you look it up specifically. Yeah. So I guess maybe they were like, people like space. Space like sells, space. as they say. Space does sell. So, And this space is particularly affordable as mm-hmm. a license. But however, in spite of that and in spite of the duration and any other minor quibbles that I have with it, as a fan of Telltale games, I would still recommend it because it's just nice to have. Mm-hmm. And... I am thrilled that I'll be able to check in every two weeks and there'll be an hour or so of new video game for me to play and then maybe replay at some point. Mm -hmm. So this one gets a thumbs up from me, even if it's not quite what I was expecting. I'm still very happy with this first episode and I would recommend it to Telltale fans who haven't seen the television show. Good. So there. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. Should we go back to that stinky podcast? Let's do it. Well, now it's time for question two. It comes from Lazarsum. Greetings, Bap. What are your thoughts on the recent PS5 Pro slash Slim rumours? And how do you feel about mid-generation updates in general? Personally, while we have had a lot of broken games this gen, I don't think any have been due to hardware limitations outside of Nintendo. So it still feels too early to be thinking about upgrading a console that still hasn't got fully into its stride. Love you all, Lazzy. Thanks, Lazzy. Lazzy. Depends what you say. It depends what you mean by it wasn't down to hardware limitations. It's like, you know, if we take the example from the previous question of Jedi Survivor, um, or certainly my experience of it, you know, it wasn't running very well. And that in itself, the fact that it's set to performance mode as well, you could say, well, that's a hardware issue, issue insofar as the console was not able to run the game very well. However, it's only as much a hardware issue as it is the developers have created a piece of software that does not run very well on my piece of hardware. So, you know, it kind of depends kind of where you want to point the finger um, in that situation. So, yeah, broadly speaking, I wouldn't say that, like, we've reached hardware limitations with the PS5 and the Xbox series. Um, But I don't know. I think there's, like, 
there are certainly optimization issues that seem to be happening with some stuff. But then again, to go back to question one, not to retread all ground, that might partly be because they're also trying to make stuff for previous gen and, mm -hmm. and make stuff kind of work on both. Um, so yeah, broadly speaking though, I do kind of feel like the console hasn't got into its stride yet. And so what's the point in a pro? I mean, I guess it might be nicer to have a smaller console that does an equally good job um so certainly I, I mean i've said from the beginning that i think the ps5 is ugly as hell i really don't like it i think it's a one of the most unattractive consoles um of, of recent years um so maybe if there's like a new like smaller shell in fact i think i've seen like an image of it i don't know if it's like a final but um yeah like that that might be a nice thing to have a smaller version of the ugly monolith um but uh i don't think this necessarily needs to happen now i don't know it does it does seem a bit early to me um what do, what do you think ashton i think that when it came to the ps4 the ps4 pro made sense yeah because there was upgrades in hardware and like so there was there was innovations that were being made when the ps4 was out that meant that there was enough of a difference for the ps4 pro however i don't see for a pro like for a slim i think it's a different story because i do think it would be nice to have a smaller ps5 yeah because not everyone has a tv stand in fact i don't really know that many people who do have a tv stand that can fit the the ps5 in it in any way that isn't mm. going to like make it combust because it's not got enough space mine's on the floor mine's just tucked on the floor behind the tv mm. mine is in the tv stand barely and it gets very warm mm. um it's okay at the moment we've not had any overheating but yeah, yeah. it's a matter of time probably yeah um and i would like a, a slim version that's i think fine i think it's is like a decent upgrade however a pro i don't really feel like there's enough innovation that has happened in the three years since the ps5 came out where it would justify having a new console that was more powerful like i don't feel like i sit at my ps5 and i and i think gee i wish the loading times were slightly faster mm. because they're already so fast yeah and like you say most of the time the issue isn't necessarily with the hardware it's with the software um and unless you're using PS like sorry PC parts even more so in your consoles, I know we've already got kind of quite a lot of like PC influence in the new generation of consoles. I don't see what they could possibly do to make it more powerful that isn't gonna like that is gonna make a noticeable enough change where it's worth buying the PS5 Pro. Um, there was always a noticeable difference between PS4 Pro and the PS4. And um, I think that this won't make, they won't make that much difference. So I'm kind of indifferent about a pro, but a slim, I think fair enough. Like you say, the PS5 is big and it wouldn't hurt to make it smaller, mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah, there's there's the two avenues here, isn't there? The, yeah. the, the, the slim and then... And the Pro and the Slim makes total sense because they've had a slim version of literally every console mm -hmm. they've ever had, including mm -hmm. the handhelds. And uh, if anything, it should be perhaps slightly cheaper. That's rumored to be coming uh, the end of maybe this year, I think. We learned all sorts of stuff from that Microsoft FTC court situation. That I've got a quote here from videogamer.com. Mm. Uh, the latest PS5 Slim rumor comes from a document from a legal case between Microsoft and the FTC on 
page 48, do the document mentions the following. PlayStation likewise sells a less expensive digital edition for $399.99 and is expected to release a PlayStation 5 Slim later this year. So if anyone's going to know, Microsoft probably is. And by all accounts um, of people who are in the know, some developers have already got access to this slimmed down hardware. And it is. it sounds like it's going to contain pretty much exactly the same hardware that's in the current PS5. So there'll be no difference yeah. in that. It'll just be smaller, which makes sense. In terms of a pro... Again, going back to the the question one, perhaps it's because we're still getting games releasing across gens, but it does feel like it's way too soon. Mm. And as you say, what could they possibly enhance about the PS5 experience at this point? Like yeah. they can't. There's reasonably not much they could do apart from future-proof it for people with crazy money. Like, oh, it supports. 15k displays yeah, now yeah. it's like i do not need that <laughs> i absolutely do not need that right now i used my base ps4 from launch until i bought my spider-man ps4 pro second hand uh in early 2019 and the ps4 was fine that entire generation yeah it probably ran slower where it did and it was and it was louder and mm -hmm. you know it didn't run things at 60 frames per second or output in 4k the pro did output in 4k did it, did it not no maybe not maybe it was just 60 frames in, in certain games um and it was fine it served me it served me perfectly well but there was a big difference between those two systems much like the xbox one and the xbox one x you know there was there was a big leap between those two mid-generational up points mm. at this point i don't know what the upgrade could possibly be or what it could possibly serve apart from to sell far more expensive versions of the ps5 to to their core audience and make more money that way but mm. who's gonna want especially when the the supply of ps5 has only just become readily yeah. available is is this a good idea but and this is rumored for the end of next year by the way and apparently it is just as likely to be real as the slim is based on people who are in the know. But I just, I don't understand it at this point. Yeah. And like you said, the expense is what factors into it in the sense that like, can you justify buying a new console if you, the the question is, have you already had your money's worth from your PS5? And I think, again, not to retread old ground, but based on question one, I think you could say, well, I could almost have stuck with uh a PS4 Pro and and had a pretty good time with at least some of the PS5 library mm -hmm. on there. Um, again, the the argument is perhaps more in favor towards a slim. You could say, well, at least it's smaller and it'll fit in a TV stand. As I say, I've seen some like mocked up images. I don't think they're they're official leaks. It's probably not like there's probably not a nice one in a in a proper case anymore. That's probably some horrible like um, the pizza development one. version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ones that are out there. But I've seen some some like mocked up pictures. Um, and, you know, I kind of think like, yeah, that would be nicer in my TV stand if it ends up looking anything like that. Mm. But yeah, a pro, I don't know. Is there anything that justifies that that um, parting with that kind of money other than if you are the kind of 15K person who yeah. can, um, who who can tell the difference, money than, <laughs> who yeah. can tell the difference and has <laughs> that kind of money to just sort of put out there and kind of throw away? Yeah. I do feel like in the, in the recent years, Sony have felt more like cash grabbers than uh, mm. Xbox have. I feel like everything that they've put out in the last, since the PS5 has come out, kind of has always felt a bit like, 
why is that more money or why is that so much money like yeah. the psvr2 or the pro controller or the pro controller or the new handheld thing that they're bringing out yeah, project q project is q that Honestly, I cannot fathom why anyone would want that. It doesn't I've make heard sense of us to being re-released. Right, well, the there last were that too. Yeah, I've heard like maybe five people in the world say Project Q is perfect for me. Yeah. So it's going to have an audience of a very but, small yeah, amount of exactly. people. And it feels like I'm like glad that they're trying new things. Like good, good for you, innovate. But it does feel a bit like everything that they've been doing recently is like. And more money, please. Mm. Yeah, you. We are your favorite console company. It comes with a carry case. Yeah, yeah, it comes with a carry 600 case. Pounds. And releasing yeah. new versions of a console as well probably isn't the kind of innovation that we would really prefer them to be doing. I mean, unless they do magically innovate on this and say the pro will be able to fly or whatever, <laughs> you know, or you know, introducing you can kind of ride it to work. Yeah. yeah. But if they or you know, more seriously, if they do introduce a some kind of interesting feature that we didn't expect, then mm. all right, great, thanks for innovating. But if it is just this maybe supports a higher resolution or the slim really is just a slim version then even that isn't innovation that's just an idea that already exists and all right it might serve a purpose but yeah it would be nicer if they were maybe mm. you know trying interesting things i think it harks back to the fact that like the, the, this generation doesn't feel like it's the dominant force in the the gaming world at the moment it doesn't feel like the ps5 and the Xbox Series X and S are like the f the first thought in the mm. minds of the... It's more fluid, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if we were just right now releasing games just for PS5, there was no more PS4 games coming out. It was just PS5. There was no more backwards... Well, backwards compatibility still work, but, you know, whatever. Um, then I feel like it would make more sense for a pro. But given that we've still got potentially three consoles that a lot of these games are still available to play on the four the pro and the ps5 it doesn't feel like we need potentially a fifth and a sixth yeah. console that these games can also play on when there's still so much that needs to be like done software wise to make them even work on the consoles that we already have so it doesn't feel like we're at a point now where we need it and maybe like in a few years time when gaming has progressed and the games that are coming out are more powerful and are struggling to run on a PS5, maybe then a PS5 Pro would make sense. But right now it doesn't even feel remotely needed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, timeline wise, just last note here, it does technically line up because the Pro, the PS4 Pro came out three years after the original Fair. PS4. And that's where we are now. But as we have said exhaustively on this podcast already, this generation is very different to the last generation and it does does simply does not feel warranted, even if it came out at the end of next year, unless they suddenly tomorrow go, right, no more PS4 games ever. And all your PS5 games from now on are going to run kind of bad mm. and yeah. you're going to need this new one. Otherwise, you're going to have kind of bad PS5 games. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but we'll see. What happens and what gets officially confirmed? They've got a sale. Anyone who's looking to pick up a PS5 at the moment in a number of territories, they are on sale mm -hmm. currently, almost as if they are clearing out some stock yeah. for a new <laughs> model. Who's to say? <laughs> However, if they weren't, that sale would be a bit odd, wouldn't it? A bit peculiar, perhaps. Might make the headlines and it would become weird, weird news. news. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's weird news time, time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you'd like to submit your weird video game news to us, you can do so on the relevant post that goes out on Twitter and Facebook, except for this week, on a Tuesday, because social B let us down. Mm. However, if you'd like to guarantee a shout out at this point in the podcast, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, support the things that you enjoy and become a podcast producer, and you'll get a shout out just like... Just like G.Y. Goliath. Nicole Hansen. Duncan Wilson. Katie Garrett or Jared. Eric Slew. Meldi Elbonet, Nexus Polaris, Gabrielle Philippink, and Blake Thomas. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you, podcast producers. Uh, Peter, have you got some weird news? I've got a story. Uh, it, what, it went out on Twitter. Social B didn't completely let us down. It was okay, just, well, that's good. Just Facebook. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've got a story from Johnny Mac at Johnny Mac13, according to comicbook.com. Street Fighter Six tournament interrupted by NSFW Chun Li mod. Brilliant. This Street Fighter VI Chun-Li mod caused a whole bunch of controversy, says Mark Deschamps. Uh, oh, oh, we've got a PlayStation <laughs> there. It's, it wasn't auto-muted. It's just, it's just playing. It's just stopped, though. I didn't stop it. Shun. It might just continue by itself. I don't know. I've, we'll see. Hang on. There's a cross. There, yeah. It's gone. He's got it. A Street Fighter VI tournament was abruptly interrupted when the participant forgot to disable a mod they were using for Chun-Li. The mod in question left Chun-Li completely naked, shocking the commentators. As the feed quickly shut <laughs> off, one commentator chuckled, nice Chun-Li costume there. <laughs> Footage of the moment was shared on Twitter by content creator at Nicholas Diorio, where it quickly went viral, gaining more than 45,000 likes, nearly 5,000 retweets, and a surprisingly large number of bookmarks. <laughs> Readers interested in seeing the video for themselves can find the tweet right here. And it's a hyperlink, not an embedded tweet. So oh, because right. embedded tweets don't work anymore. Well, that too, mm, but they yeah. probably also don't want to show Boobies. the... I've not actually looked at this. Do you want to look at it? Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it. Seen it's fantastic. <laughs> it's a very interesting Chun-Li costume. Having, yeah, having met just, a lot of just like, laughing. Having just met laughing. a lot of casters when I worked in esports, I am knowing them. I know that there's, there's two types. There's the type that will be like, 
really trying to keep professional like that guy and being like um interesting costume but f- a bit really uncomfortable and if they'd cut to a camera he'd have been bright red mm. and then there would be the other kind that would just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and not be able to sort anything yeah. out and we had one time where something not similar to that happened but like someone did something and the two casters were like very much the laughing kind mm. and they spent the rest of the match just chuckling away to themselves they didn't even like cast or anything everyone was just laughing but I mean, yeah, that's wow. Oof. Uh, it continues. Reaction to the moment has been hilarious to see as many Twitter users shared sympathy for an embarrassing mistake on the participants' part. It's impossible to say for certain, but this was likely an accident and the participant probably had no intention of other people seeing them use the mods. <sighs> uh, hopefully players will remember <laughs> to turn it off if they participate in any competition. Imagine telling on yourself like that I know. so publicly. The way that like Chun-Li doesn't move as well at the beginning, like in and the, the game. Other, the other and characters the other just like, like not even fighting. Yeah. Just, uh... But the fact that you could just tell that it loaded up and the guy was like, no. oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> How would you, mm. so this guy, he's in a competition. He's presumably yeah. practicing with his new Chun-Li <laughs> mod because <laughs> that's fine. Mm. Um, I yeah. don't know how that mod would work if it just replaces the base one. And Maybe it just I don't does, know. yeah. It's interesting, though, how... How is it streamed, though? Was yeah. it streamed from that guy's system? Well, or does it yeah. show so up online for the other person? Yeah, they're, so if they do, like, virtual um, contests, they'll just it'll be their own stream PC, and there'll be someone, like, watching their feed to make sure oh. they're not cheating. Okay. And then they normally have to film themselves, like, like, webcam, so that people can watch that they're not, like... But he's competing against another person, right? Yeah, so they're just playing online. Right. So, so which when they play online, they... his mod also... Oh, I guess, no, because it's his feed. It's so they were streaming the person from his probably feed. Couldn't yeah. even see it. But th- yeah, but the other person didn't screen. start fighting them, though. Well, they may have ju- it may- They may have been watching the feed Maybe as well. Maybe he was on, uh, know, on, but... on like a headset and went, oh, hang on a minute, my, <laughs> my Chun-Li nude mod. <laughs> My Chun-Li's naked. She's naked. I don't know, but yeah. No, that's funny. It's a really, it's such a good news story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I have some news as well. Comes from at Baffled Spectre on Twitter from Kotaku by Zach Zweizen. Hasbro wants old Transformers games to return, but Activision lost them. Oh Oh, no, Activision. They've been so busy with everything else. Yeah. The toy company calls the whole situation with Call of Duty publisher and Transformers frustrating. Mm. Remember those Xbox 360, PS3 era Transformers games? Wouldn't it be cool if you could easily buy and play those in 2023 on modern platforms? I think so, and so does Hasbro. But according to the toy company behind the popular Transforming Robot franchise, Activision Activision has apparently lost the, the games and doesn't know where they are stored. Released in June 2010, Transformers War War for Cybertron was a well-received third-person shooter that got an equally great sequel in 2012, Fall of Cybertron. And then in 2014, we got The Rise of Darkspark, which wasn't very good and was tied into the live-action films. What made the first two games so memorable and beloved was that they had told their own stories about the origins of popular characters like Megatron and Optimus Prime while featuring kick-ass combat that includes the ability to transform into different vehicles. Sadly, in 2018, all of these Activision-published Transformers games and several it commissioned from other developers were yanked from digital stores, making them hard to acquire and play in 2023. It seems that Hasbro now wants, to cha- now, now wants that to change, just in the games make a perfect fit for Xbox Game Pass once Activision uh, finds them. Um... In an interview with Transformers World 2005, posted... Huh? What? 
In an interview with Transformers World 2005, posted on July 20, uh, 28th, yeah, so their Transformers World 2005 is apparently who they were interviewing. Okay, right. Um, or who they were interviewed by, I'm not sure. Hasbro talked about its new line of video games inspired by Transformers action figures. Some of these new toys are based on designs first seen in Activision Cybertron games, so naturally the site asked Hasbro about the possibility of re-releasing these popular games alongside the new toys. Unfortunately, that won't be happening. And then there's a quote here. Sadly, apparently Activision's not sure what the, what hard drives they're on in the building, Hasbro told them. When a company eats a company that eats a company, things get lost, and that's quite frustrating. Mm. Kotaku has inquired with Activision about the Transformers games, current status, and then there is an update. Yeah. Mm. Um, they will be digging through all of the archives in hard, each hard drive to find the old games and bring them back. Hasbro even added that they think the games would make easy choices for Xbox Game Pass. And we want those games back for people to play. And then where has it gone? They've, oh yeah. Some 24 hours after the original publication of this story, Activision CCO and EVP of Corporate Affairs, Lulu Cheng, tweeted that the publisher has always had the code for the Transformers games and it was never lost. Okay. Um, to clarify comments that suggest Transformers games have been lost were made in error, we apologize Activision and regret any confusion as they've been great partners and we look forward to future opportunities to work with them, says Hasbro. Okay, so Hasbro so either Hasbro spoke out of to... turn or, and were told off yeah. or they were right and Activision threatened them. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, so it's just Take a tweet. Back. So um, Lulu Cheng Mercevi um, retweeted one of the, the headlines saying, mm. these headlines are wrong. We have the code. It's not lost and never was. Oh my goodness. And then uh, it says, while it seems to clarify matters, there are still some questions. Activision has yet to confirm if it actually knows where the source code for the game is specifically located. I would also love to know why Activision waited so long to comment. The initial interview was posted on July 28th and why Hasbro claimed to not have access to key assets when developing its toys based on the games. Mm. It also strange that Hasbro, which it says wants to put these games on Game Pass, hasn't done so for years now. If the games aren't lost, give them to Hasbro then. Hmm. Says well, that's not quite how it works, is it? No. But no, it's it's not. I think I said Microsoft threatened them. That's not what I meant. I meant Activision. Mm. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if that was going to have the update at the end, so I pulled up the Push Square article about the fact that, no, the code has been found, and they end with, we imagine tense words were exchanged between everyone involved, uh, everyone involved's respective PR agencies. Yeah. Did you expect to find Transformers at the center of a battle of corporate words? Let us know well, in the found, comments below. Well, apparently Activision found it somewhere, so... Yeah, how weird. Got some weird news, Ben? I do have some weird news. I thought that uh, our social media posting bot had just failed across the board, so I found my own weird news oh. this morning. Uh, this is from PC Gamer and Rich Stanton. This was published 19 hours ago. Starfield's sandwich hoarding producer says she's building a big spaceship called The Gorilla. <laughs> and then there's a quote as the subtitle, which says, it's pure comedic gold. Mm. We'll, we'll be the judge of that. It's pure comedic gold is always a good way to start an article, isn't it? Yes, it sets the tone well, doesn't it? Bethesda has posted an interview with Starfield producer Jamie Mallory, which follows on from her recent scene-stealing intervention during a Starfield Direct. Mallory, you see, is a sandwich pirate. Her ship, designed to look like a platypus, has a cargo hold dedicated to storing these ill-gotten snacks. As someone who has collected an absurd amount of skulls in Fallout 3, this is the kind of detail that matters in Bethesda games. 
Mallory says, there's an advert playing for me now. Mallory says the idea for a platypus-based ship design came from a friend who loves the animals and makes the fair point that platypuses are just the epitome of adorable weirdness. But we're here for the sandwiches, and in discussing her future ship goals, Mallory made it clear that Starfield is going to deliver some of the daft magic we all love in Bethesda games. There are more terrible ideas for ships, said Mallory, one of which is a colossal sandwich soaring through space, aptly named the Gorilla. The name itself strikes fear, but when you witness the mammoth sub-like creation gracefully landing in a cutscene or zipping across the cosmos, it's pure comedic gold. And then it just continues to just sort of be editorializing about how amazing Starfield's going to mm-hmm. be. But if you want to... St- the website's broken. If you want to steal loads of sandwiches in a sandwich-shaped ship, you can do and that. And it will be pure comedic gold. It's going to be gold. pure how comedic silly. gold. Well, on the subject of... Um, uh, well, Xbox by extension. Um, there was a story that none of us brought, but I think I'll just read the headline and the subheading. Random. 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 According to Pure Xbox, Xbox fan uploads encounter with Phil Spencer in Fallout 76. I read that. And the little quote is, heels are always welcome. What? I think Phil Spencer said on voice chat to someone in Fallout 76, heels are always welcome. The guy said in the in the article, he says... He's done so much for us. I just wanted to give back to him and it gave him a bunch of stuff. Oh. Okay. As if Phil Spencer is actually playing Fallout 76. I think he does play games. Well, he, I'm well, sure I mean, he, he does, does play he games. He plays a lot of he's games. He's not sat down and thought, do you know what I'd enjoy tonight? A little session in Fallout 76. More and more people love the 76. Yeah, Love apparently. the 6, as they call it. And there was that new-ish stuff like shown off not so long ago right mm-hmm. i think they mm-hmm. did a bit of they're update. still doing things yeah well like, people are playing it well phil loves it and he heels does. are always welcome what does he mean by heels like healing heel, me. healing things oh okay A-G-A-L-S. not high heels no. and not no. the wrestling terminology for a villain no, no. okay someone healed phil spencer in fallout 76 and he called it heels and he heels said heels are always welcome, welcome. And not healing is always welcome no is it's it? like a that's, that's pretty standard he's, gaming he's terminology a cool guy. Isn't it? like Give us a heel. He's too cool for me. He's yeah. a rad guy. I want him to be uncomfortable, awkward, and have no social skills like Jim Ryan. That's yeah. what I. That's what I. That's what I look for yeah, in my when's CEOs. When's Jim Ryan going to be completely found out of touch? That's what I want. Heels are always welcome, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim Ryan famously said once at an event for heels are always new, welcome. Yeah. yeah, heels are always welcome at an event for Gran Turismo. Uh, someone asked him, "Are we going to be able to like play Gran Turismo 2 in the audience?" Said, who wants to play that old rubbish or something like that? <laughs> That's something that this man once said, and he runs uh, the, one of the biggest gaming companies I in the world. I kind of love that, though. Yeah. He, I mean, like, why would you want to play that? We've got a new game coming out. He's an astute businessman, but he, do, he doesn't like... It he's seems a, like he doesn't like games. He's it's a like, Geordie through and through. Do you guys not have phones? Yeah, it really is. Like, Who wants to play that rubbish when you can play the new one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, what is backwards compatibility? Mm. Uh, it's time, everybody, for the big discussion. Oh. Mm. It's big discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion that comes this week courtesy of Cameron Keywood. Hi, BAP. According to sources, Nintendo is likely to release its next generation console in late 2020. Excuse me. Four. Four. What do you think is the reason behind this timing? Additionally, what features will the new console retain from the Nintendo Switch and how might Nintendo reduce costs for this upcoming system and, and still keep the current, hang on, and still keep the console next gen? Kind regards, Cameron J. Keyword. I've got a write-up here from, oh, I didn't even make a note of it. It's got to be VGC. I think it's VGC. 
According to multiple people with knowledge of Nintendo's next-gen console plans, the company is likely to release new hardware during the second half of 2024 to ensure that it has ample stock available on day one and to avoid the kind of shortages seen with the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S. Although specific details, sorry, specific details on the console <laughs> are being kept closely guarded, those VGC spoke to indicated that the next-gen console would be able to be used in portable mode, similar to the Nintendo Switch. Two sources VGC spoke to suggested that the console could launch with an LCD screen instead of the more premium OLED in order to bring down costs, especially considering the increased storage needed for higher fidelity games. The current Switch comes with just 32GB of internal memory, while many current-gen PlayStation and Xbox games are over 100GB in size. Like its predecessor, the new Nintendo console will also accept physical games via a cartridge slot, the sources said. Other details, such as backwards compatibility support for Switch games, physical and digital, remains unclear. Nintendo has said it wants to convert as many of Switch's 100 million-plus user base as possible to its next system, uh, although some third-party publishers are said to have expressed concern that legacy support for Switch games could negatively affect sales of next-gen titles. Mm. So there we are. This was all but a foregone conclusion. And again, pulling from my bag of stats, the Wii came out in 2006, the Wii U came out in 2012, the Switch came out in 2017. We are on course. It's been six years. Yeah. It's time for a new console. And mm -hmm. people have been asking for it for a long time. We've spoken about it a lot on this podcast about what are they waiting for? What's it going to be? What's the form going to be? But a portable one, much like the Switch, it makes total to sense, right? I mean, it's, the, it's their own little niche. They've pretty much nailed portable console gaming at this point you know like that it's it's the ultimate in um sort of po pocket in air quotes gaming you know taking it on the go and to sort of suddenly drop that would seem like a silly thing to do given mm -hmm. that no one else is doing it particularly well i guess well i don't know we'll have to see what other people do in time but uh yeah the switch has done a great job carving its own little niche and I can basically just see this being kind of a, a switch too. Yeah. Um, hopefully they might have been able to cram in more hardware, make it a bit more powerful. Because that's always, of course, been the Switch's biggest downfall is that games have been put onto it that probably don't really belong on the Switch, you know, like The Witcher or whatever. Um, it's had a good go. Um, and, you know, to be fair, you know, it doesn't always come down to how powerful a console is. You look at Breath of the Wild and uh, Tears of the Kingdom, those games are game of the year material in their respective years, and they are made for the Switch. So it, it doesn't. you don't have to be the biggest name in hardware and power uh, in the gaming world to do a great job. But it would also be nice for Nintendo gamers, I think, to be able to have a console that can perhaps pack more of a punch and, uh, you know, welcome in a few more of the bigger games that perhaps struggled a little bit on the, the Switch as we know it. Hmm. Um, I think it's probably no bad thing that they're not going for the OLED screen. Um, hopefully there won't be controller drift. I'm trying to think like mm. the best and worst things of the Switch, really. Um, a better kickstand. I mean, that was improved the OLED, already, wasn't the it? On yeah, the, the OLED, OLED did that. Was was way so take some stuff from the OLED, leave some other things behind, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see whether it really is just a Switch 2, either by name or at least by nature, or if it's, you know, a little kind of, if it if they switch it up, <laughs> switch it up, <laughs> if, they, if they change things up a little bit and it doesn't look completely like a Switch, but is still effectively that kind of thing. Because that's one thing Nintendo always do is like you never quite know what their next console is going to look like. Whereas mm -hmm. 
Microsoft and Sony, for the past two or three generations, you've been able to kind of just predict roughly what things are going to be like. It's a box. Like. Yeah, it's a box. Uh, it's going to be black or gray and maybe white. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I agree. I think it has to be handheld, obviously. There's, that's the whole thing. Uh, I think that it would be nice if they could make multiplayer better on yeah. their systems. The fact that we couldn't play uh, eight-player LAN um, Mario Kart the weekend that annoyed me. Mm. You can only play four player if you've got if you've got a Switch. You can have two on each screen, which is annoying to me. Um, I also think it would be nice if, like you say, it packs a punch. When I've been playing Pikmin, the one thing that is really irking me, and there's something that is, is just like a, I've been spoiled, is how long it takes to load. Um, every like cycle of the day takes like a good few minutes to load up. Mm. Um, and then when you load in, I'm like, I oh, don't, it shouldn't take this long. There should be no reason to take this long in 2023 when you've got entire worlds being loaded on the PlayStation 5 in like less than a minute. Um, so that's definitely what, the, the, uh, what I would like to see. And I think that the, a lot of the games that they've bring, been bringing out have been baffling that they managed to run on the Switch yeah. given how like not powerful the switch is um i think that i i having seen the steam deck um and what they can do i wonder if they'll make it a bit bigger and kind of pack a bit more power into it i know a lot of their games don't require this much power like a lot of the mario games are not necessarily hugely intensive on the switch and then like i said they make the games that run on their console so it's fine but with the things they've been doing the games that they've been kind of bringing over to the switch like the witcher and the batman arkham series a part of me is like if they're trying to bring more like of these mainstream games onto the switch are they going to try and start making more games or they're going to try and like get people to develop games for them as well that are very similar to these kind of games um i would like obviously that it goes into both handheld and tv mode because that's i don't think i play my switch in handheld mode ever it's too big i can't bring it around really i I don't want to bring a carry case that's that's that big around i have a little bag and i don't want to bring a big bag with me um so yeah, I would like it to be handheld and I would like it to be more powerful and I would like it to have a better multiplayer system and I would like them to uh, not have that same crappy little kickstand, that crappy little kickstand that I always think I'm going to snap off. I would like them to not have that. I'd like the OLED one if we're going to have one. Um, but I'm interested to see what they'll do. If they're not going to have an OLED screen, if they're just going to stick it out with the LED, um, I'm intrigued by mm-hmm. the next generation. Hybrid console is... By far the most logical thing. Mm. Why would they? It's clearly struck a chord Mm. and it works. And so they should do that. And they are existing very much in their own niche here. They are in their own lane, unbothered, moisturized, Moisturized, et cetera, thriving thriving, uh, outside of the drama and the competition between PlayStation and Xbox. they, They just aren't asked. They have proven that they can exist on their own. Uh, That doesn't mean, though, that they can't do certain quality of life things that perhaps would, in the current climate, be considered more PS5 or Xbox-centric things, like improving load times, uh, you know, perhaps 4K output, Mm -hmm. better multiplayer and online, maybe making their platform a bit more attractive or accessible for big third-party publishers so that they can 
make the most of this Activision Blizzard Call of Duty deal that they've signed for the next 10 years, uh, etc. That I feel like the with the GameCube, they were able to get a lot of third-party stuff on their system. Then with the Wii, there was still a lot of third-party stuff on there but because it was so unbelievably popular, but it had to be a specific Wii version, and those games almost always suffered for it, apart from Resident Evil 4 for mm. some reason, which was amazing. Um, and then with the Wii U, they really tried to get back into that again. They had lots of, especially at launch with Mass Effect 3 and Batman Arkham City uh, and a couple of others as well. You know, they really tried to get, hey, we're we're on par with the, at the time, the PS3 and the, and the mm. Xbox 360, put your games on us. And that didn't really work out. And then with the Switch, again, they sort of went a bit more insular. You know, they, they became a home and a haven for indies and fantastic first party games and there were a lot of third party games on there a lot of third party ports but they were always outliers like yeah. the witcher like skyrim and and so on when those games appeared on there you were like that's weird mm. yeah. the bioshock collections on there that's kind of strange but okay and they could still be in their own lane unbothered moisturized thriving and also be powerful enough to support some of these games coming over that's possible but they shouldn't go swing too far the other way where they're you know hey we've we've got over a hundred million switch users we've made all this money let's let's try and you know carve out a little slice of the xbox playstation pie mm -hmm. because i they just don't need to do it mm. they, they simply do not need to do it perhaps the dock itself could be not necessarily modular, but maybe it actually adds some processing oomph I was gonna suggest that yeah. to yeah. to the switch so if you take it handheld you got, I don't know, 720p, whatever they work it out to be. LCD's a shame, but if it's keeping costs down, fair enough. Uh, but much like Sega did in the in the 90s with the Mega Drive and all the various add-ons you could get for that, there's no reason why, <clears throat> excuse me, you couldn't stick your Switch 2 in the dock and it instantly gets a, a power boost yeah. from that, you know, some sort of additional yeah. uh, power in there. What do you guys think they are going to call it? What do you guys think they should call it? Should they stick with the Switch branding? I, I think... don't know. I think maybe they should. I think they've brought a lot more non-gamers into the sphere. And I think you call it something else and people might get confused. That's the thing. Yeah. I think they should... The best thing would be to just call it the Switch 2 or the yeah. Switch something. Switch U. They should call it the Switch, Switch U. Or the Switch. Or the, Switch. And then they can do the Switch. Yeah. yeah the Switch. Um, but... Because they're Nintendo, I don't think they will. Mm. I think they'll just call it something completely different. I think they'll probably change the branding. Uh, I think they might even... I mean, really, as we say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I do wonder, they might even change just the way it all fits together, together and the yeah. way it looks and the, the modular mm. aspect to it. I think ultimately it will still be a hybrid console, but they might just, for the sake of it, make it all different and weird because that's what Nintendo do. Sure. Hey, here's our new console. It looks nothing like the last one. I guess that's not entirely always been the case, but it, mm. it's happened a few times. I think they'd need to improve the Joy-Cons. I think yeah. like that's been a, an issue for a lot of people for a while. Just like I just don't think the Joy-Cons are very good when they're not attached to the Switch. I don't like, mind like sliding them into that, like holding them vertically. As part of the... Mm. Or like in the in the controller that comes with it, with the you know the slots yeah. that you can put it in, or even just holding two of them vertically. But when you're holding one and you're yeah, holding it horizontally, it, yeah. I mean. it feels like you're shaking hands with a cat. It's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. it's, if you've got regular sized hands, it's really uncomfortable yeah. to play that way. I don't know. I think they should. I, I want to say that they'd keep the Switch branding, and like 
if it was anywhere any other company i'd say they will keep the switch branding but i don't i don't think they will mm. i think that they'll go like you say they'll go something else they'll come out of complete left field but they've already got the switch light the switch oled is it just the, yeah. OLED, yeah, switch? the oled switch and the switch and i think that they'll be encouraged to go something else what we've had like what we had the game boy the game boy advance the yeah. Nintendo DS. It could be the Switch Advance. Like that would make a lot of people happy. It could be the Switch Advance, but I don't know. I I think they maybe they will name it something. What do you think they'll name it? I don't know. It's it's a difficult thing because they're Nintendo, so who yeah. who bloody who knows? knows? But also, the Switch branding is is so well known. Yeah. yeah. If they stay too close to it, parents may not understand, mm. and it's a Wii U situation. Whereas, like, is this just? And like, then, like a pro. Is this just, yeah, like yeah. a different... I've already got a Wii. Yeah. yeah. What's a Wii U? Like, if you put a number on the end, it solves... That makes it... In the world of video games, that makes sense. Yeah. That that, that fixes Unless that issue. Unless you're Xbox, then you just start adding random numbers. I mean, yeah, but a that, logical number on the yeah. end. That is confusing, though, still, uh, to a lot of people, the, the whole Xbox... Yes, I mean, but you convention. can't you can't just say put a number on the end because no, people, people like Xbox the Switch will just X. stop putting like, what is that? Is that a more yeah, when you've already got a few different versions of the Switch, surely it's either time for a brand new name or to put a number on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's that's the way to go. But it's just they are they have absolutely killed it with the Switch. And to throw away that recognition mm. would be daft. Yeah. I think. They've never done a number, have they? Apart from three D S. No, uh, no. No. Nintendo. They've always 64. just like added another That's number it. on. Well, oh, you could have the Super on. Switch. The Super Switch. The Nintendo Mega Switch. Super Switch. Yeah. yeah. But all of those like uh, back then it it did people did just seem to know that it was a new console. But nowadays, I guess because pro consoles exist now, mm. if you called it the Super Switch or the the Switch U or the Switch Advance, all of those things would sound like some sort of just upgrade. Mm. You would yeah. have to, I think if you really wanted to keep the Switch branding, the best thing to do would be to call it the Switch 2. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think you can go anywhere else with that mm -hmm. if you want to yeah. not confuse people. We're doing I a lot. they'll give it another name. I think, I don't think they'll They could well yeah, do. I think they will do, but. We're doing a lot should. of gen, gen talk and generations yeah. of console talk today. But mm. if, yeah, if they... If there is a big backwards compatibility thing and they think, hey, you know what? Maybe we do call it the Switch Pro or the Switch 4K or something. And it is pitched as you can play all these Switch games on here or like the games that release for this can come out on that Switch as well. Then they're going to run into exactly the same issues that we talked about yeah. today mm -hmm. that Xbox is having that PlayStation may potentially have if they release a Pro version, which is you're going to start creating headaches for developers mm -hmm. who want to like because at some point you are going to have to make a game that can only run on for example the switch 4k and isn't going to run on the original switch yeah so we Depends will how much just more have powerful to see. it is if it's like a lot more powerful then like obviously that's gonna be an issue but if they're mm. if it's like suddenly you can have 60 gigabyte of storage and also the it runs a little bit more powerful then I don't feel like they'll have that much of an issue. Yeah, but but it depends how much of a big change. It doesn't feel like a next-gen console, no, then, if that's exactly. what they announce. But okay. is that does that then tie into their current strategy, which is whatever we'll do what we're what yeah. we'll do mm -hmm. what we're doing. It's not it's not about the power necessarily. It's about the power a little bit, obviously. Mm -hmm. But their strategy hasn't been focused on chasing the highest specs and and uh, trying to get those people yeah. onto their platform. Yeah. It's come play these games. Yeah, and. That could still work for them if it's just a minor upgrade. And then they may not call it the Switch 2. No.
We'll have to wait and see. What do you think about all we've talked about today? Let us know in the comments below. And there's a few other places around the internet you can find us too. You can find all our content at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump where we do videos on YouTube and occasional special live streams, but mostly live streaming on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And if you've got Amazon Prime that you're already paying for, maybe you're not using your free Twitch sub that comes with the bundle. So spend that on us and you get all the benefits without paying anything extra on top of what you're already paying for Amazon Prime. It's, I'm calling it Twitter. I'm not calling it X. No. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We're at, we're slash Team Triple Jump on all of those. So follow us on there if you want to. Uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for all kinds of different things over there. Why not go check it out and see what we see what we can get? Yeah, support us, please. Uh, Triplejar.mup will take you to our website and all the links to all of the things that we do is on there if you want to go check us out mm -hmm. or reach out in any way. And why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? Maybe you're not in a position to support us on Patreon. It's okay. Yeah. The world's terrible mm. all the time. Yes. But especially at the moment financially and in, in a lot of places. So that costs you nothing. You can go there and give us a five-star review and that will really help. Something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. So... Thank you in advance. Just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor again. Uh, this is the strap line for Boulder's Gatekeeper 3. Mm. You want to have relations with a bear? Sucks for you. You can't do. I bet you can't. So you shouldn't be allowed near it. Rubbish. You're rubbish. There's no way you could boff a bear. Nuh-uh. You're bad at boffing bears. Boulder's Gatekeeper 3. Mm. Available now. Thank you so much for listening slash watching, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.